Welcome to the Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, a show where we inspire and empower you to reach your fullest potential. I believe that we are all called to a higher purpose and that we should promote acts of love and community for the common good of humanity. Again, you're listening to the Common Good Show, and I am Juanita Farrow. And I have a very interesting topic for us today, one that we really need to talk more about. And it is about uh, childhood sexual abuse and trauma, relationship difficulties, and also um, issues um, related to black men. And I have the perfect guest we're going to be talking to today is Dr. Marcus Hummings. I'll tell you a little bit about him. Um, Dr. Hummings is a licensed psychologist who maintains a private practice in Washington, D.C., where he focuses on working with patients struggling with childhood sexual abuse and trauma, relationship difficulties, and black men's issues. He holds a position currently at the Howard University Counseling Service as a staff psychologist has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Morehouse College in Atlanta and a master's degree and, and a doctorate degree in clinical psychology from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology in Chicago, Illinois. In addition, he's, he has uh, completed a fellowship in group count, uh, psychotherapy at the Washington School of Psychiatry. So help me welcome to the show Dr. Cummings. Welcome to the show, Dr. Cummings. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Great, great. Well, I am certainly excited to have you on the show um, with your wealth of knowledge to help bring some light, shed some light to the issue of childhood sexual abuse and trauma, um, particularly related to black men. And I, I wanted to start with helping us to understand um, more about this issue. Is there any data that supports that we have a problem in our country with childhood sexual abuse and trauma? Absolutely. Uh, we know recent statistics say that we uh, about one in four girls and one in six boys have been sexually abused before the age of 18. And uh-huh. so everyone knows uh, a total of four girls and a total of six boys. And so um, we all actually, whether you are aware of mm-hmm. it or not, know someone who likely, a, a child or an adult who was a victim of sexual abuse. Wow. I don't think most people are aware of that statistic. It's mind-boggling because there's just not a conversation about this issue. As widespread as it is, you don't hear people don't talk about it. Absolutely, it's one of the. Um, it, it's one of those topics, especially in the black community, um, mm-hmm. that it, that goes so unspoken for generation after generation. Um, and many people don't even talk about it until their adulthood after the impact of such trauma in their childhood has has affected their entire lives and relationships, and they finally start working on it as adults. And 
it's just time to kind of start changing that mm-hmm. the way that that kind of plays out over the course of um, many adults' lives. Right. So it's not an issue that people deal with. You know, you sort of think that some things you can just put behind you and you can move on with life. And this is one of those things that that's not necessarily true because it um, impacts so many other things in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, There are what you commonly hear from uh, many people who have experienced sexual abuse in their um, childhood, uh, they'll oftentimes say, well, it doesn't really affect me. I don't think Uh about it on a regular basis, so Uh um, it doesn't have that much. It it didn't affect me that much. It doesn't have an impact on my life, and so that's why I don't think it's important to talk about or address in my life. Um, But what you see is those same individuals, it's, there's a correlation between childhood sexual abuse and um, issues that surround depression, anxiety, wow. intense guilt, shame, self-blame, eating disorders, um, uh, uh, difficulties, even remembering your, your childhood experiences, um, significant um, uh, difficulties with uh, denial, sexual problems in their relationships, sexual um, uh, s- sexual dysfunction or hyperactivity, and just general relationship problems that all can that that oh, all wow. are associated with um, childhood sexual abuse. Wow, I mean that is that's incredible that it can have that much impact on your life. So there's just no way that you cannot deal with this. I mean, it's something that you really have to deal with and look at and 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 seek some type of help because it's going to affect you in some way. That's really interesting. And I want to know more about, because I know it's such a stigma in the, the black community especially, mm-hmm. do you see that it's more prevalent in the black community than in other communities, or is it just that we don't talk about it in the black communities as much? What's the issue there? Right. Um, well, statistically, you will see about the same um, prevalence in uh, mm-hmm. the, the white uh, community as Mm-hmm. as in the uh, black community. Okay. The way that it may be handled may be a bit different uh, different uh-huh. in the black community because of some of our tendencies, uh, our cultural tendencies and kind of our history in this country. Um, mm-hmm. We tend to deal with things a little bit differently. What I mean by that is um, uh, we are kind of um, – just in the black community, uh, we've learned over time and in this kind of culture that you don't talk about family issues outside of the family. Mm. Um, and uh, you don't trust systems, government, health, um, legal, um, whatever else, systems um, outside of your family as well. And so part of addressing this particular issue is going outside to um, uh, make known the abuse that is happening. And therein lies some of the difficulties in the black community about stopping the issue because we're 
much more reluctant to go outside of the family to deal with issues or discuss issues because, one, mm-hmm. there's just a general distrust of systems outside of the family. But number two, um, you know, it, it, it's almost throwing another black person to the uh-huh. system that is so well known, some of the systems that are so well known for um, just mistreating and abusing black people in and of itself. So not only does the victim of the abuse um, suffer, but also um, we kind of feel bad um, sometimes for the person who should maybe be, be highlighted by the system um, right. because we're throwing them to a system yes. that we think is abusive in the first place. And I, I hadn't thought about that connection, too, because then you become, you know, because everybody is looking at you as the victim, you mm-hmm. know, because you actually did this to the relative and you put them in the system and they're there now because of you, because you spoke about this, because you told someone, Absolutely. and now look what you've done. And then Absolutely. you have to deal with that guilt as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Wow, that's that's really really interesting, and and so how is it that, I mean, how can we recognize? You know, let's go back to that child, and that child who is being abused. How can other family members start to recognize that abuse in that child? I mean, do you just know that something is happening to that child, and you you know maybe just brush it aside? Well, how can even close family members begin to recognize that something is not right? Maybe, just maybe, they're being abused. Yeah, well, it's, it's multi-layered. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, first and foremost, I think uh, we as individuals, we as the community who raise uh, or have a part, have a hand in raising our youth, have to educate ourselves um, uh, first and foremost. So um, if you don't readily know how children who are being abused react and respond, then um, there you need to begin to start the process of, uh, of, of that level of intervention. Um, and so uh, the, the, other, the other piece is identifying that are, are just becoming aware that many, uh, I mean, we oftentimes think about uh, the, the stereotype of, of, of um, an abuser lurking in a, like a, a dark alley or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually, um, you know, 90 plus percent of the time, um, they are acquaintances of the children being abused. And oh. so family members... Um, neighbors, uh, uh, individuals who we entrust our kids with on a daily basis uh, sometimes, these are people that our kids know that sometimes are abusing the children. And so first, not necessarily looking for the wrong type of person to abuse our children um, uh-huh. will, is, is, is another layer of protecting your children from this type of abuse. And then oftentimes uh, what, we, what we don't do is have that, that open line of communication with our kids about um, how to deal with these types of issues. Mm-hmm. And specifically about 
um, how children should deal with boundary violations, where their boundaries are, um, but also the important part that I think isn't addressed enough is how your child should kind of respond and react to someone um, kind of nearing their boundary um, right. and, and or trying to violate their boundary. Uh, and so, and, and the open and, and the ability of your child to communicate that that even happened in the first place. Um, because if you if you put the onus on a child to 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 forego all the guilt and the shame and the con- confusion that happens with these these kind of boundary violations or attempts at boundary violations, um, it's too overwhelming for them to know how to do it in a healthy way. And so right. we need to have an age appropriate. Um, discussion and have an openness of communication with our children in order for them to be able to uh, kind of navigate these these situations and alert you to when there may be some type of danger or some type of issue um, that comes up in their lives. So parents should be having these types of discussions with their children at an early age, I guess age appropriate. As as early as they may be aware of um, their own uh, gender, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to say the term sexuality, but um, sure. not in terms of having sex, but in terms of uh, uh, their awareness of their own uh, right. sex organs. Um, exactly. And, and so the protective. Uh, so, so the discussion about an age-appropriate discussion about the fact that it's theirs, the fact that it that um, those uh, are the boundaries you're talking about. Absolutely, um, right. and so that type of discussion is needed at that time, um, but in a way that allows them to be open and honest with you, um, and you to be open and honest with them about. Um, how it is that they should um, be respecting themselves and holding other people responsible Mm -hmm. for respecting them as well. Wow, excellent information. This is really, really good. Um, We're going to have to take a short break now, and we're going to come back, and we are going to dig a little bit deeper in some of the impact that that the uh, sexual abuse can have on on the adult person. And so um, we want to learn a little bit more about that, how it affects you. So we... We'll be back right after this break. You've been listening to The Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, and I've been talking to Dr. Hummins about childhood sexual abuse and trauma, relationship difficulties, and black men issues. And we will be right back after the break. Welcome back to The Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, and I'm talking to Dr. Hummins about something that I think we all should be interested in knowing more about because it affects, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, quite a number of people. And it's something that we really need to shed some light on. So I am so excited that we are able to do this show today. 
Now, I wanted to ask you, Dr. Hammonds, um, is for uh, black men specifically, what impact do you feel that sexual abuse have on their ability to develop relationships? It, it, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning. You know, this, this is a problem, isn't it? Absolutely, and and that's uh, such a good uh, such a good topic um, because I see the struggle um, for black men um, so often in that particular area when it comes to uh, kind of uh, how they adjust to relationships in their adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I typically see with black men who have had, um, uh, who have uh, been survivors of childhood sexual abuse, um, first and foremost, they are very much more reluctant to um, disclose that there was a, uh, sexual abuse in the first place, mm-hmm. um, and it's a uh, men um, per se. Uh, are less likely to disclose it, um, but I think because of because of uh, the kind of stereotypes, the kind of yes. uh, the 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 kind of um, societal um, stereotypes and there's so much stigma uh, in, yeah, in the so black community. Much. Yeah. yeah, and 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 so it you you see it come out in their um, just ability to address it, their willingness to address it and the kind of process of addressing it as well. Uh, But in terms of relationships, uh, what I typically see uh, when working with black men, um, one, there is always the question of um, masculinity, Uh um, and there there are always questions about sexual orientation, Mm-hmm. Um, and there are always questions about their kind of role in relationships, um, regardless of uh, the gender, the, the the kind of gender that they are attracted to. Um, and so, uh, depending on, um, that can get uh, uh, pretty pretty complex. But uh, depending on the gender of the individual who abused the uh, uh, the person, abused right. the person. Mm-hmm. Um, different um, kind of issues may come up as a mm-hmm. result of that. Um, sure. But what I typically uh, try to address with, with men is that um, uh, just be, say, say you um, were abused by a, nut, uh, by a man, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they quite often question whether they uh, are uh, bisexual or or homosexual or gay or um, whatever kind of sexual orientation um, kind of questions that they have. Um, but what we understand is that your sexual orientation. Um, uh, does not it is not dictated by uh, 
your sexual abuse, the, the, the presence mm-hmm. of sexual abuse. So if you're sexually abused by a man, doesn't necessarily mean that you will be gay. It doesn't determine what your sexual orientation is. Right. Um, but there's some confusion in your mind probably. Absolutely. You're conflicted. Absolutely. But, I, yeah, I, I hear your point. And, and so there's, there's, there's always a question about whether uh, the simple nature of trauma um, you know, mm-hmm. did I, did I, did I, uh, did I bring this upon myself? Did I, um, you know, did I do something that encouraged this? Um, so on and so forth. That is always uh, kind of in the back of the mind of um, people of of, uh, of the men that I work with. Um, uh, the other piece. Um, Although that is a huge discussion, uh, I, I also mm. want to talk about like um, uh, relationship difficulties in terms of shame and guilt, um, and in terms of their actual uh, uh, kind of uh, behavior in the in the relationship. Um, uh, so automatically from uh, the results of childhood sexual abuse, you oftentimes will have a significant amount of shame and guilt related mm-hmm. to it. And so um, associated with that are questions about your own, um, y- you know, identity, uh, sure. uh, self-concept, and so uh, issues of insecurity, those types of things um, directly cause problems within your relationships. And so you may oftentimes see the reaction of those issues on the surface. So uh, 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 emotional, strong Mm -hmm. emotional reactions, uh, the depressive quality which can show up, especially in black men, is anger a lot of the times. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Those types of things can wreak havoc in the relationships that they kind of... um, So the issue starts to manifest itself in the relationship. So when men come to you and they're having relationship problems, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just can't seem to um, manage a relationship or a healthy relationship, then is that when sometimes it actually comes out that they're not dealing with this underlying issue? Sometimes is that how, you know, the, the conversation begins because of this, relationship problem. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, What I typically see is uh, it may be uh, fights in the relationship or uh, Mm -hmm. problems uh, with the sexual relationship. Um, um, They may come in um, with their partners or um, by themselves with wanting to work through um, particular issues in their relationships. Um, the, the, the work comes in with uh, connecting their relationship problems with the impact of the childhood sexual abuse. Uh, and sometimes uh, a lot of individuals just don't, I, just don't connect the two. Uh, and so it is relationship issues or mood issues that bring them into treatment, um, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the work is connecting these two. And and you'll see actually, you, you'll actually see them connect the dots 
and mm-hmm. and really start to figure out why things occur and have been occurring in their relationships, why they may feel the way that they do, why their difficulties, why they even may like um, certain things sexually and not like certain things sexually, um, uh, uh, the, the emotional volatility, um, the isolation or promiscuity, all those kinds of things um, start to be able to be connected to the the childhood sexual abuse. So is it uh, appropriate or do you normally see that um, men are willing to talk to their partners about um, the issues or is usually that's not something that they normally do? Do do most of the time the partners know what's going on or about the the childhood abuse? Have they been willing to talk about it? Or it's usually during therapy when it's revealed? Well, um, I've seen the range. um, Mm -hmm. But but I I would say the pivotal um, issue is how safe they feel with their Mm. partners. You know, and so if they feel as if their partner is going to, you know, not be accepting or critical or blaming or, you know, um, just have a negative um, reaction to it, you know, blaming or judging, um, they, will, they will definitely not disclose um, the information. Um, but, uh, you know, part of part of that is you know a big part of it is how the how well they communicate with their partner if and it, the better the communication is mm-hmm. um the easier it is for it to come into the relationship um and for it to be uh worked on and worked through within the context of the relationship okay and so just to um piggyback on on that question is for for partners, spouses, family members who are seeing this display of, you know, anger, emotions, um, you know, things happening in the relationship, um, how, how can they support um, that man? I mean, what, what do they need to do or do they need to encourage, you know, some type of um, help or in, encourage them to, well, what can they do um, or is there anything that they can do better to um, make him feel more safe to talk about certain things yeah, or to I get think, help? Yeah, I, I think uh, sometimes uh, you need to just ask what makes your partner feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes you get it in your head and you think you know um, but that may not necessarily mm-hmm. be accurate. And mm-hmm. so sometimes the the communication piece is, is key where you ask your partner, what is it that would make them feel safe? Why is it that you may not be disclosing everything, that you don't tell tell me everything that you could? It feels like you're holding something back. What is it that is causing you to hold it back? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's the start of the discussion. Um, sure. And and then the other piece is really listening. I mean, sometimes, uh, you, you, sometimes, especially with really difficult 
um, topics that you have not ever discussed before. Sometimes it's just cathartic to say it and mm-hmm. not necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean that you 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 give this um insightful response or that 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 a person wants something back from you uh now if they vocalize that if they verbalize that sure um but sometimes just listening is the the most effective thing that you can do um, sure. and 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 really uh uh the 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 compromise that comes following that um not expecting answers right away not expecting behavior change right away not expecting that just because this came out that things will change it takes active work after this discussion practice this skill building there's trust you know, all these things mm-hmm. have to go into place after you even um, get that to come out in a relationship. Wow. You know, I, I suppose there are, you know, you know, someone out there, maybe a listener, who feels like they're kind of isolated, that, you know, this is their problem and they're the only ones going through this problem. You know, sort of the weight of the world is on their shoulder. So, you know, what type of uh, relationship issues do you normally see men for? I mean, because I want people to understand, you know, this is not something that's uncommon. You know, Mm -hmm. these are things that we see, you know, that you may be seeing on a regular basis. So it's not just them. You know, there are others with problems, similar problems, too, that are dealing with the same issues. Right. Um, Typically... um I typically uh with men um there'll be two major things it, mm-hmm. it'll be uh well kind of three um uh masculinity all right how you they they kind of come in with conflicts around masculinity like you know what is it to be a black man and mm-hmm. what does that mean for me and what does that mean uh in relation to other people um uh, number two is their roles in their family, um, their family of origin or um, their immediate um, families, the families that they, they are the heads of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, what is their role in their relationship? Uh, so th- are, are they the um, breadwinner? Do they... Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, are they the nurturer? Are they uh, the leader? Are they um, supportive? I mean, like all those things, um, uh, sometimes men will come in with those uh, types of uh, conflicts and really trying to define where they are um, in relation to their uh, their families. And the other thing um, that I commonly see is... Uh, their concerns about fatherhood, um, and and really carving out that that role um, for themselves, uh, and 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 meaning uh, maybe I didn't get what I needed from mm-hmm. my father, um, and how in the world do I provide my 
my son or daughter with uh, with what a father is um, mm-hmm. while really trying to define that at the same time. Uh, and so there's a there's a lot of um, just exploration and clarification around and and, and definition around what um, they actually see um, a father as and how they go about um, uh, kind of navigating that role and, and identity in their in their lives. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's really major. And so sometimes they're trying to feel a void, and you know, in their own with their own children that they might have had when they were growing up because the, there was no father in the home or a parent was missing. And so, you know, therefore, you know, you're projecting that void into your own current situation with your children. And sometimes you see a lot of pressure that parents. Um, you know, put on their children simply because they're trying to make sure, you know, that, you know, they have everything that they need because maybe there was something missing in your own life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a pretty rough struggle because oftentimes um, just the nature of the, you know, gender, gender roles, you, you know, there's, you, you, one, you don't have mentorship generally, um, and number two, nobody teaches you how to do that. It's not like you take a class. You know? Yeah, you yeah. Learn this, but nobody and, really teaches you how to be a good parent. Absolutely, and and the most you get is from peers who are going yeah. through the same issues that you're going through. <laughs> uh, and, and you know how how much guidance is there with peer relationships? I mean, there there's there's a good deal, but yeah. not nearly as much if you had. Uh, uh, an elder, you know, guiding you, or several right, elders guiding you. Right, a good role model. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. This this is really, really, really interesting. And so the issues of, um, you know, the anger, manager, because you talked a little bit about that, and I wanted to hear more about the um, maybe uh, what, do you, what would you call it misplaced or displaced anger mm-hmm. um, or projecting that simply because of some of these issues that have sort of built up inside of you over all of these years and then at some point in the relationships it starts to to come out and so when a partner starts to see that then you know there's got to be some conversation or something about okay what what where is all the anger coming from yeah you, you know um what 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 i want you know people to consider in their relationships you know anger oftentimes is one of our uh most often used defense mechanisms hmm. and, and so what we often get caught up in is um our partner's angry reaction to whatever to anything um, and then there, there's this back and forth um, when it's really not about what's actually going on. What, you know, right. uh, I think we need to take a second and really think that anger oftentimes is a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And so there is something that is either hurt, uh, damaged, or bruised that is underneath that. 
underneath the anger before. Yes. or some fear of some sort that's creating the anger. Yeah. Absolutely. And so we, we too often get caught up in the angry mm-hmm. reaction instead of mm-hmm. what actually is the issue. Wow. That's an excellent point, excellent point. And that is a good opportunity at this point for us to take another break. This has been really, really good. It's a lot of good information, and I think it's going to help a lot of people who know someone or themselves might be struggling with one of these issues. So we're going to take a short break now, and we're going to come back, and we're going to hear more. We'll be right back on The Common Good Show. Welcome back to The Common Good Show, and I'm here with Dr. Hummings, and we've been talking the show on the show about childhood sexual abuse and trauma, relationship difficulties, and black men's issues. And this has been an exciting show. And I know because the calls are coming in and people are very interested in an issue that we don't talk about enough. So I'm so glad that we're doing the show. But I wanted to ask you, Dr. Humming, to speak to the person, the listener out there, who may be struggling with some of the issues that you've been talking about on the show and experiencing some problems, what is it that they need to do at this point? How do they move forward? Um, Help them and and sort of guide them through some things that might be very helpful in their life at at this point. Well, first first and foremost, um, I would say to those, to, to any individual, Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are sitting at home, when, when you sit at home at night by yourself, um, it does not have to feel like that. Mm-hmm. It's been that way for a long time. It's that painful. You've been suffering for so long. It does not have to continue to feel the same way that it does right now. And there are many people, black folk, that work through the same issues every single day. Many of them sit in front of me every single day, hours on end, working through those same types of issues. And oftentimes, uh, we automatically go through um, the the thought process that um, people won't understand you, mm-hmm. that um, uh, there's no one else that has experienced what you've experienced. Um, uh, whoever it is read a book, and they are sitting in front of me, and they're going to tell me what... Uh, they read in the book. Um, but what I want for everyone who's struggling to understand is that this work is being done every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can be a part of resolving some of those issues. Not to say that things will be erased, not to say that you won't ever think about some of the issues that you um, have have gone through not to to say that 
you will be a different person because you will be the same person. But it doesn't have to make your everyday decisions for you. You don't have to be anxious about being around certain people mm-hmm. and letting your past abuse dictate who you're around, when you're around them, and how you're around them. It doesn't have to wreck your relationships. It doesn't have to make you distrustful and guarded. Um, and it doesn't have to uh, make you push your partner away or not even reveal yourself to um, the person or people that you say you love or that you even care for, you, that, that you take care of or you're raising. Um, it doesn't, you don't have to pass these things on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. If we ourselves don't find solutions to the issues that we're dealing with, we cannot teach the next generation how to resolve those issues either. And so we have to go through the process of learning how to resolve our difficulties in order um, to be able to teach that to someone else. Um, so don't pass on mm-hmm. the, the struggle that you have mm-hmm. in an effort um, to kind of stay isolated um, and, and dismiss and minimize uh, the kind of work that you yourself would be able to do. Um, and that is a great note to end on. That was powerful. Um, Dr. Hammonds, please tell the listeners how they can reach you and follow up your contact information. You can reach me at my private practice. Um, it's uh, 202-596-2258. That's the uh, office number. You can also visit my website at uh, metrocenterpsych.com. That's M-E-T-R-O-C-E-N-T-E-R-P-S-Y-C-H.com, metrocenterpsych.com. Mm-hmm. Great. And Dr. Hammonds, thank you so much again for taking the time to, to join our show and provide um, valuable, valuable information to the listeners about this very important topic. Thank you again, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. And you've been listening to The Common Good Show, and thank you for listening to us, and join us next week. <laughs>